If you have loved ones that rely on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. With Policy Genius, you could save 50% or more by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, Policy Genius will compare prices starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to fast track your coverage with a no exam policy. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. If you have any questions, their team of licensed independent experts is on hand to help. In fact, Policy Genius's award winning service has a five star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Make today the day you cross life insurance off your list and get protection for your loved ones. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. To get covered, head to policygenius.com today. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. On this episode, I guess President Trump should get his Nobel Peace Prize speech ready with the Trump-Kim Summit. We have gotten a, uh, what, a written agreement to denuclearize from North Korea. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and from I guess a little bit from last week talk about Miss America also Chick-fil-A is triggering liberals once again thanks to Twitter's CEO of all people all that and more on this 101 episode of Trend Chat of America. Here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. And welcome 101 episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And as always, if you want to connect with us, whether on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's all the same name, Trend Chat 24-7. Woo! I must say, I can't, you know, can't say enough how much I appreciate everyone from, you know, the 100th episode. And I, I guess I don't want to keep saying the same thing, but I really do appreciate everyone that, you know, listen especially to the 100th episode and have listened so far. If this is your first time listening, hey, 
Thanks for listening. Hope you continue to come back. Like, share, and subscribe. Like, share, and subscribe. We are on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and uh, you know, a number of places where you, you can get your podcast. I noticed, <laughs> I saw Trend Chat on some other places that I didn't know that we were on. So, <laughs> well, I guess anywhere you get podcasts, I guess if you put in Trend Chat, you should get it. Can't make any guarantee about it. I just know for sure it's iTunes, Google Play, and iHeart. And we're on, you know, Spreaker's platform. So, like I said, this old Trump-Kim summit with uh, President Trump and North Korea's dictator, Kim Jong-un, I had to say that slowly because I was probably going to say something else. (laughs) Yeah, Kim Jong-il or whatever. But anyway... That has happened in Singapore. And as I mentioned in the beginning, it produced a written statement or a written agreement from North Korea to denuclearize. So, hey. Give it up. At least you got, I mean, look. You have, we have gone, what, gone through how many years? I, I don't know how many years. It's been a lot. And president after president after president haven't even gotten this far. So just to even get to this point is something to be commended. And I'm just thinking about if this was Obama, and I, you know, I don't like to keep doing this, trying to compare like, well, if Obama would have done this, the media would have portrayed it this way. But. It just it's you you can't ignore how this would have been received if this was President Obama. I can just imagine if President Obama had the same you know the same thing would have happened you know they would have been in Singapore and had this summit. But one, I can imagine a, a lot of bowing from President Obama. Obama would be bowing or whatever. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure there are probably a lot of apologies in there, like you know. Uh, on the behalf of the American people, this would be Obama saying, uh, on the behalf of the American people, uh, uh, we're sorry that you are a dictator. We're sorry that you have done you know, such atrocities to your own citizens. We're sorry that we have played any part in making you evil. Or well, something like that. It would be a lot of apologies and bowing from Obama. That's what be, <laughs> that would be how I would picture it. But even... Through all that, I can just imagine if it if this was Obama, I can imagine the media would have had this would be like on the no what what did they call story A. This would be the top story. This would be on the front page of every newspaper. It'll be everywhere talking about how historic of a moment this is and how great of a president Obama is. He is the greatest president of all time for for just meeting with uh, with the North Korean dictator. And if he would have gotten some sort of written agreement to denuclearize, oh man. The media would have they would have had yeah, they, you know what? They would have changed 
the whole Nobel Peace Prize. I know I mentioned that in the beginning. They would have just changed the Nobel Peace Prize. All of a sudden, it would just be the Obama Peace Prize. It would be a lifetime achievement award for Obama the next year. He would get a lifetime Nobel Peace Prize at the least, if not just change the whole thing and just call it, like I said, the Obama Peace Prize. If this, if this was Obama. But it's not Obama. It was President Trump. And so, given that it was President Trump that has um, gotten to this point, expect the media to find every negative aspect they can conjure up to say that, well, this this is not going to work. Um, now, you know, one of the things you can we can all agree on is that, OK, yes, it's a written agreement. OK, um, can't really trust North Korea. So. As great as it is to see this, this all could change tomorrow because it's North Korea. Not so much about, you know, about President Trump. It's just, you know, North Korea is not to be trusted, really. But none of those things would have been mentioned if it was Obama. So but all this will will be mentioned on top of making nothing positive as well from the media. They'll try to focus on everything as far as. Well, he shouldn't have said this, shouldn't have said that, or he shouldn't have did it this way or whatever. I mean, yeah, they're going to try to pick this apart as much as possible. But they can do that all they want. It's still, there has been a first step. There has been a, you know, a step towards something good. That's at the very least, that's what we all could say. I'm guessing we could say that at least, but, you know, the uh, Democrats and the media friends and there are many friends in the media there don't want to make that, you know, they don't want to, you know, admit that. So, well, now it's funny when, when I said Trump, <laughs> the Trump Kim summit, it's funny. Cause I also kind of go back to, you know, last week, what was it? Two weeks ago? Well, you know, President Trump met Kim Kardashian. So I was like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, you forgot about that summit, too. Yeah, I guess in a way with it, those two met. And this kind of goes back to a number of things where I was going to mention in the last episode. That being the 100th episode, I hope you checked it out. <laughs> but it, it's funny because if liberal, and I'm, I'm hesitant to even say this. Not because I feel like every you know this is going to <laughs> reverberate throughout the airwaves and everyone's going to hear it and and I'm just going to bring this to light and all of a sudden it's everybody's mind is going to change or everybody's going to have this you know light bulb moment <laughs> because of me. I'm not going to make that assumption like I, <laughs> like I'm that important, <laughs> but um. But I still don't want to say it. I'm sitting, I'm hesitant to say it now, but still, I'm, I'm just going to say it. Liberals would, <laughs> it would do them well if they would just take a little, just a, a little break from calling President Trump or the anybody in the Trump administration a Nazi, a racist, a sexist, a homophobe, a, 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 a phobe, is or whatever whatever pejorative you could think of that, that you want to call anyone in the Trump administration as well as President Trump. If they were to take a second and take a break from that and just really think about it, 
just look at what happened with Kim Kardashian. You had her, you know, she went and met with President Trump and next thing you know, Alice Johnson had her sentence commuted. Okay. Um, th- that's a lesson that, you know, a lot of... <laughs> A lot of liberals can actually learn from this, but I hope, I, you know what? I hope they don't listen to me. I hope they don't hear this. <laughs> but, um, because honestly, if I think they probably can get a lot more accomplished than they think, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it would be, but whether good or bad, and I can think of if uh, any of these liberals are coming to, talk to president trump about something i'm pretty sure it's going to be bad for the most part or at least not great (laughs) um but i feel like they could i feel like they could probably get more they can get something done if they would just take the time out of and you know take a like i said take a break from have from their daily Trump derangement syndrome and you know screaming profanities at award shows like Robert De Niro and just basically looking like he's losing your mind and because there's an article I've read from the New York Post that kind of talks about this and um, if you pitch it right to put it this way if you pitch whatever you want to propose to President Trump if you pitch it right there is a good chance he would listen and actually would act on it and i said once again whether good or bad from a conservative point of view put it that way and but i think it all kind of goes down to how you come to him basically and you know i don't want to say too much about it because i don't i actually don't want them to do that (laughs) Because I can imagine some of these liberals actually do wise up and want to meet with President Trump. And next thing you know, who knows, he he might um, all of a sudden, you know, change his mind or be all in on, uh, you know, hit, uh, what Obamacare would just say, like, you know what, because so-and-so liberal celebrity came in, I think I'm, you know, I think what he, he or she said about, you know, socialism i think he made some good points i think we ought to start you know i think we ought to start having a free health care and free college and all that and this you know it could happen i i i don't put it past president trump to for that to happen and like i said that would be a bad thing for for the country but i think you could probably get some um some of these people you know around him and next thing you know maybe he might uh, change his mind on some of these things who knows Might if you get enough people around him who might change his mind on immigration and you know what I need to shut up because I, I like I said none of this I want none of this to happen actually I want <laughs> I don't want them to you know get smart on this I, I want them to c- continue to just keep screaming your heads off and just keep just you know just keep it. Just stay away as much as possible. Don't, don't even. Yeah, don't even bother. Matter of fact, this these past five minutes, you know what? I, I'm on Ambien right now. Yeah, that's what it is. I, I'm just talking out of my head. Yeah, I. I yeah, yeah, don't 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 listen to me. I. I yeah, I just ha- I just had a had a you know 
mental laps and yeah I, i'm not i'm not feeling too well and yeah so yeah if any liberals that listen to this don't yeah just disregard those pot those past five minutes so but uh before i um get to i guess the next couple of topics before we talk to drina six toe we want to hear from our friends with the founder project Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our educational meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Hey, what's up? This is Kaya Jones, and you're listening to me here at Trend Chat. Yep, so Chick-fil-A, right? The, the, you know, the delicious chicken sandwiches, the sweet lemonade, the waffle fries. Oh, yeah. I'm Well, getting hungry. So, yeah, Chick-fil-A has... Has went out and triggered off some <laughs> some liberals once again, you know, just for the simple fact because someone decided to have themselves one of those delicious chicken sandwiches. <laughs> so, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey posted a tweet, um, just basically saying something about well, it's say a boost or basically it's some sort of support for Chick-fil-A. Let's put it that way. I didn't look much into the tweet, but because the backlash was the thing I saw, saw the most, but he showed some sort of support or something positive about Chick-fil-A. And I mean, Twitter, the, the Twitter, like lost its mind. It basically shut down in a way and just rained all the vile hostility they could muster against Jack Dorsey, against the CEO of Twitter, just because of that. To the point the way he had to apologize for just saying anything nice about Chick-fil-A because of their stance on gay marriage. And that, you know, that is in the secular you know, humanistic world. That is the, well, I can't say that's the, the most, um, the, the unpardonable sin for them. Uh, and well, to think about it, I'm pretty sure everything is an unpardonable sin. Everything is a triggering to them. So I, it, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so he had to, yeah, he had to just had to back down. Everybody got on his case about how dare you talk, you know, Say anything nice about Chick Fil A? Don't you know that's a bunch of what is with hate chicken or whatever? <laughs> because you know, because they just have the belief that marriage is between one man and woman. Whoo! Oh man, that's so horrible. <laughs> but it you know it, it's convenient, right, to be a liberal in in the sense, especially in the sense of business where you can basically go anywhere you want as a liberal 
you can you know progressive whatever you can do you can go wherever you want for the most part there's because you know progressive and you know liberals has browbeaten all businesses for the most part into accepting their ideology one way or another and if they haven't they're they're going to protest and boycott to the point that we're all these businesses are very weak need when it comes to these, um, you know, these, whether it's, you know, these boycotts or whatever, these, whether it's, uh, have all these, you know, protests or whatever going on. And so most businesses have basically have bent to their will. So it's very convenient for a liberal to just pick, you know, pick and choose wherever they want to go. Unfortunately for the Christian conservative, that's not really the case. Um, it kind of just goes back in the sense of, especially being a Christian is, you know, being a part of the world, not being of the world, but um, in the sense of if, I mean, you do have to have to, you know, be in the world in the sense of where, whether it's, you know, buying stuff or um, anything else. It just you know, it think about it. It's not about being taking whatever commerce that you partake in and making it seem like you agree with everything that company does. Because if we would, as Christians especially and as conservatives, if we went down the route that we would not do business with any. You know, any company because they have done something that is offensive to whether Christians, you know, in general or conservatives. If you went down that road, it, it you couldn't do anything. I think I've mentioned this before because there's all, all these companies are a part of something that is probably going against <laughs> biblical values uh, in, in some way, shape, or form. Especially, you know, I'm thinking about uh, like the group Second Vote. They have um, this great app where they can, where they get all the uh, whether you know all the things where that that these companies advocate for and what they um, send money you know to different causes and whatnot. And so you can go on the app and look up a business and see what they have um, you know what have they fundraised for or what have they. Uh, what have they done to maybe give to Planned Parenthood or given to you know, other, you know, causes that I wouldn't call Planned Parenthood a cause. I would just call it basically, you know, murder mill in a sense. But the thing about that app, I just wanted to mention that. So if you never heard of Second Vote, yeah, check that out. Because if you just want to know about all these companies and just want to know where they stand on issues. That's a great app to, to use. So second vote. So that, that, that just came out of nowhere. I wasn't planning on doing a spot on that, but anyway, we're going to get to our interview with during six. talked about the Miss America and also an event with Turner point. So here we go. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and the Miss America just organization has been in the news recently. And Gretchen Carlson, the chair 
or the board of trustees announced that that they're doing away with the swimsuit uh, competition as well as the evening gown. And it's been met with, I guess you could say mixed reviews because, you know, you you have some um, some conservatives as well as some liberals who are actually uh, are happy about the decision, which is kind of a rare bipartisan agreement, I guess. But not everyone is. I, I definitely wanted to bring on people who uh, have maybe have different view of it, and especially people who actually participated in those events. So we have Drenna Sixto with us who has participated in the Miss America uh, pageant on some level. And also she is the Gulf Regional Director for Turner Point USA. So, and we'll also, we'll talk about an upcoming event with them. So, Drenna, how are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. So, uh, I guess the first thing I want to ask about is with what's going on with the Miss America pageant. I guess, well, first tell us, well, all that you was involved in and, and what you think about what's been going on. Yeah, sure. So, um, my first involvement with the Miss America organization it was at the local level in 2013. Um, it was something I did on a whim because my mom urged me to, you know, go do a pageant, get some money. I'm like, sure. <laughs> so um, I competed in my local pageant for Miss Hialeah, and it was the first time I ever did a pageant before. Um, the Miss America pageant is different from other pageants in that it's not just about beauty. There's also a large um, portion of your score that goes towards a talent competition so you know sing dance do something play an instrument um and then there's another large portion of your score based on a 10-minute interview with judges um and so i thought yeah you know sure i got this i practiced the song i'm not a singer but i sang well enough apparently to win my first pageant and it, it was fun because it was something i hadn't done before you know i got into good shape i started eating healthy and it was just a proud moment for myself to represent um, my city and after that I went to state because if you're a local title holder then you go on to compete at the state level and obviously I don't have the experience or anything like that to be a real contestant there <laughs> but um, but it was fun and I still um, came out with scholarship money because they award things for like Miss Congeniality which is the Spirit of Miss Florida award which I won and um, an award for health and fitness um, dedication which is based mostly on my platform, which I wanted to help out my local community and teach kids, you know, to eat better. Um, so it was, it was just a fun year. Obviously didn't place at Miss Florida, but it was it was fun, you know. We still had the swimsuit competition, and I don't think I ever felt more confident stepping out into a swimsuit in my life. Um, so I, it was an experience that I recommended to other girls um, afterwards, and, and it was you know, it presented a lot of great networking opportunities um, to myself, and it also taught me for myself how to eat better, how to diet better, how to take care of myself better, because I spoke to so many other girls who have done this for a long time. So, um, and the last time I, I got involved with the Miss America organization was just about a year ago. Um, I was considering doing it again, running for Miss Miami, so I live in Miami, <laughs> And um, and I thought, you know, this might help me with my real platform, like what I am passionate about and do on a day-to-day -day basis, which is um, advocate for conservative politics and educate other people on why free markets and limited government is such a great thing. And obviously, I have 
many years of experience with this platform under my belt. Um, and so I thought that would be appreciated um, at the Miss Miami pageant. And I don't think it was, <laughs> given uh, the fact that my judges all leaned very, very liberal, which I think affected um, myself, you know, my score, and also, you know, the score of other girls. Um, so I felt already in that pageant that things had changed, that it wasn't really about, you know, what the girls doing or what they're passionate about, that it was more of a, you know, you have to fit a certain agenda. You have to um, not really show your political beliefs if they're conservative or else you're going to be punished for it. Um, and so whatever, it was still a fun pageant. You know, I knew at the, as the second I read the judges biographies, you know, after working in the Clinton Foundation that mm. <laughs> I wouldn't come off too well. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, whatever. I, I'll i just go out there and have some fun and, you know, sing my song and whatnot. And that was the last time I ever, you know, I ever participated in the Miss America organization. Um, and, you know, it doesn't surprise me that this year political correctness has completely destroyed the organization um, to the point where women cannot be celebrated because there's other people who didn't work as hard enough as they did on their outward appearance, and they don't want to be, I don't know, They. It, I think it's just envy. Um, people who don't work as hard um, just don't want other people being praised for, for their work. Um, that's kind of just the typical leftist mentality, you know, if we can't all be winners, then we're all going to be losers. <laughs> um, and it's unfortunate, I think, what has happened to to this pageant. And I think lots of girls are not going to compete. Or girls that have always wanted to compete without putting in the hard work that it takes to actually be in a pageant, because it is hard work, um, are going to be the ones, you know, stepping in. And I don't think people are going to watch that show. And I don't think the organization is going to be very successful. So after the crash in Columbus, um, I think that they are going to bring back the swimsuit, uh, the swimsuit competition and the evening gown competition because a pageant can be about more than just beauty. But come on, pageants. So. Well, they're saying that. Um, so that's my opinion on that. <laughs> well, well, they're actually saying that it's no longer it's going to be called a pageant. It's like, uh, said it's going to be called a competition. So um, yeah. they're even going it's further away from it. According to them, like, okay, so just call it a spelling bee then. Like, <laughs> what are you going to base it on? Who has the higher, you know, degree? Oh, the PhD wins over the associates and that's it. And we're going to televise this on TV. Like, give me a break, you know? Well, that's the, well, they're still going to be judged. It's just going to be secretly within the, you know, the minds of the judges themselves. I mean, they're just not going to actually write it down and make it public. They're still going to be judging them from what they see. I think that they're going to do the the ten minute interview live, which mm. I think is too, because um, that way people know what kinds of questions are being asked to the contestants to see if it's actually like fair or not. On both sides, that are agreeing with the decision or bringing up the fact that uh, having the swimsuit event is justification of women and, and whatnot. And so that's their reason why they applaud what is going on. What do you say to people that are making that argument? Um, I, those are people that would not win an actual pageant. <laughs> so that's a bold statement I know, but those are people that wouldn't place in a real 
actually, you know, a real beauty competition. Those are people that, you know, that's not the, the, the right stage for them. And I'm sure women are valuable in many other ways than just beauty. You know, intellect, I think, is, is way more important. Personality is way more important. Um, but if me, for example, I, I wouldn't go out and compete in a beauty pageant right now because I'm not physically prepared for it, you know? I, I haven't put in the work. Um, I'd be a laughing stock. I think it does, that doesn't diminish my value as a person. I have other things that, you know, that I'm that make me worth something, and that's my intellect, my job, my career. Um, you know, the relationships I have, the success I've had in my job, I that's what I'm proud of. But I'm not going to go and compete in a beauty pageant because I haven't dedicated myself to that. And so if I say, oh, you know, I want to compete and I should be judged the same as a girl that has a 10 out of 10 body because she put in three hours of work at the gym every day, I think it's BS, you know? Hmm. Um, it wouldn't be fair. And I think it's just envy. It would be envy on my part to tell that girl to cover herself up so I can have a better chance at getting a higher score. So that's, you know, that's my opinion on it. And those girls or people who say, oh, I'm happy that, you know, we're going to have to cover up and it's going to be based on our brains right now. It's because you didn't have, you know, that much of a, of a health and fitness score to compete with in the first place that would have had you win. So, again, um, envy is a terrible thing, and political correctness is a terrible thing, and it's ruining great things in, you know, in our society, and hopefully, you know, they'll learn, the Miss America organization will learn after a couple of years of this transition into a scholarship competition as to how many people are, you know, interested in watching that. I don't think many people watch the spelling bee um, for the same reasons. It's not as entertaining. I was also just thinking, I, I don't know, I know, like for me personally, it doesn't, well, one, I didn't, I don't watch it anyway, so, but I mean, I always knew that they had this one two part of the of the program. If um, I, I mean, I remember probably you know growing up, and it would be on TV. So, but I mean, it's a great cultural thing, and I've watched pageants since I was a little girl. You know, I grew up in a Hispanic family, and I think um, Hispanic culture really um, appreciates the female physique a lot. So when I was little, little girl, I would watch these pageants and I was like, wow, you know, when I grow up, I want to be like that. And I would, you know, have fun picking out my top 10 and my top five uh, contestants and was happy when I actually picked out the right one. So it, it's just, you know, it's good entertainment. I think it's healthy. I think, um, you know, the girls that compete there are, are actually in shape. They're not, you know. They're not like anorexic or anything. They're thin, but they're also toned. And so it's something that, that girls should be inspired by. Um, so it's, you know, it's more than just, it's more than just a competition. People grew up with pageants. Little girls grew up watching pageants, just like they grew up uh, playing with Barbies. You know, I'm thinking as far as I remember what, what maybe just a couple of years ago, I'm, I'm thinking the same thing is going to happen to Miss America. The same thing kind of happened to Playboy <laughs> a, a couple of years ago. Because mm -hmm. I remember the news they were saying, well, we're not going to show naked women anymore. We're just going to basically, you know, show show as much as possible without having them being fully nude. And they only lasted for like a year. And then they say, next thing you know, they <laughs> next thing you know, they went right back to it. And I feel like yeah. I bet you Miss America probably is going to 
it's probably going to probably have the same outcome that they're going to. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The trial and error thing, they're going to learn. (laughs) So. It's going to be kind of funny because I'm, yeah, I'm I'm suspecting that's going to happen. Mainly because there's a confusion of when it comes to the, especially the people in in this Me Too movement going on right now. I feel like they don't know whether, what they really want to do. Do they want to be so-called sexually liberated and do whatever, and then they want to turn around and act like they're all modest and back and forth? I mean, it's, all, it's really confusing. So. It's, it's really funny you mentioned that because I've been, you know, when the announcement came, came out um, on CNN and other mainstream media uh, websites, I would, like, scroll through the comments on those articles and the me the big the most popular comments by liberals were the ones that said, Well, I think they should just do away with the whole competition. Why are women even being compared to each other? And and you know, I, I just thought, wow, you know, the the their liberal ideology transcends to just about everything, to economic policy and things like Miss America and the fact that liberals don't want competition you know they want everybody to be equal they don't want to reward excellence and you know and the way that they pretty much put people at an at an equal level is with fake outrage you know oh you know i'm thinking of the women no you're not you know you just you're just thinking about yourself and the fact that you couldn't actually compete in a competition so the women that do compete don't feel themselves ashamed don't feel you know denigrated or anything like that um they they actually are proud of of being up on that stage and it's the liberals that always have fake outrage on behalf of other people um and of course they'd be calling for the doing away of all competitions you know they're the ones who started with the whole participation trophies for everyone kind of thing um and it's just it's just another sign of just their decaying uh Culture, culture in, in society. So, who knows? Hello, this is Brian Bledsoe, host of Trend Chat, also contributor at Politichicks.com. Here to tell you about the new book called Politichicks, A Clearing Call to Political Activism, with over 300 pages from contributors like myself talking about topics such as education, social issues, healthcare, the Second Amendment, and of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at Politichicks.com and is also available at Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Well, well, you know, speaking of of young women, and uh, you know, I'm guessing uh, this event is, doesn't have a pageant to it, but but uh, Turn the Point has their uh, Young Women's Leadership Summit coming up this week, and so I wanted to have you, you know, tell us all about it, and you know, who's going to be there. Yeah, no problem. So, Young Women's Leadership Summit is actually one of well, I think it's my favorite conference out of all the conferences that we do. Um, every year that Turning Point USA hosts. And it's because we get to meet, besides the great speakers, um, and we have a great lineup this year, you know, we have Candace Owens, uh, Ben Shapiro, Dr. Jordan Peterson, Charlie Kirk, Judge Janine Pirro. Um, We have women role models that, you know, are going to speak and other girls are going to listen to and be inspired by and hopefully follow in their footsteps. Um, it's also great networking, and it just kind of becomes a sisterhood. I've noticed um, the first year I went, I went as a participant, not a staff, and so I got to hang out with my roommates and just create close bonds and realize that we have 
so much in common, even though we're many, many, many thousands of miles apart. Um, and so it, it was it was just really fun. You know, you get to meet girls who are not even pursuing a career in politics, per se, but that they just feel kind of, you know, that they don't feel right in their in their place back at home um, or that they need some motivation to, to speak up about their personal beliefs, about the fact that they're conservative and they get to meet so many women that think the same as they do. And it just kind of emboldens them to say, yeah, you know, I'm a conservative because I believe in equality of opportunity, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I believe in free markets. I believe in limited government. I believe, you know, in individual liberty and and it's it's really shouldn't be that bold or that controversial of a statement but the way things are for young people nowadays especially in college and in high school um having that belief can get you ostracized and so this kind of this kind of conference is, is great for relationship building between ladies um and you know they get to talk to each other about their experiences back at home and, and know that they're not alone. You know, you form a bond, you, fo- you form a network um, of people that are that are there for you. And when you go back home, you, you feel more, you know, emboldened to go about your way and speak out on what you believe and have the right preparation, knowledge, uh, talking points, debate um, abilities to, to really pass on your ideas to other people who might be on the edge of, you know, am I conservative? Am I a liberal? I don't know anything about politics. You know, which way should I go? And we make many more activists throughout the country. And I think that's the point of turning point, USA, right? We need a turning point in this country. Um, and that's the way we achieve that. So it's going to be really fun. Um, and I know it's only a couple of days before, but we can you can still apply if you're in, in the Texas area. If you're in Dallas, you know there's no re- reason if you're a young conservative lady um, that you shouldn't go. Um, Turning Point USA is extremely generous and makes it very easy and affordable to go to their conferences. So for the Young Women's Leadership Summit, there's only a $25 registration fee, and that covers the event itself. You get to hear from like all the speakers. And um, we take care of lodging, so you don't have to pay for a hotel. And if you need help with a travel stipend, because plane tickets are expensive, um, we offer need-based travel stipends as well. So, you know, Turning Point is not trying to make money out of this. We're just trying to get girls there and trained and, you know, and emboldened and empowered. Yeah. So I can't to see more ladies in Dallas. Yeah, I know we were there last year, you know, that's what where we had you on for the first time. I remember talking to a number of uh, of women there and, and even afterwards, and they mentioned about being at the summit last year and were, were motivated to do video blogs or to do other things and to to really I, I really get their voice out there. And, and they were inspired by the by the speakers and, you know, the, the sessions that were going on at the at the event so i can say firsthand that i i've heard you know good things that came out of out of this summit and then they do it and not just you know they don't only keep on with their activism but they have a whole network of people cheering them on and we get to see their progress and it's, it's awesome so um well you already kind of mentioned as far as 
if people wanted to know more about uh, about going to the summit, going to the Young Women's Leadership Summit and everything. Uh, now, how can the people get in contact, you know, the, I guess give the whole deal as far as website, oh, social media and everything, and, and as far as for you so, as well? So um, the way to do it is to apply at www.ppusa.com slash YWLS, you know, turningpointusa.com slash Young Women's Leadership Summit. Um, and there you can find the application. Fill it out real quick. Um, in that same application, there is a link um, for a travel stipend as well if you need one. So at www.tpusa.com slash YWLS, um, you can find both applications for the actual event and for the travel stipend. And I would urge those people to fill it out as soon as possible um, just to make sure that, you know, application gets processed and, and we can see you in Dallas. And also is um, uh, social media for Turner Point and yourself? Oh, so for Turning Point USA, we have um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm pretty sure you can find all of those pages just by uh, typing in Turning Point USA. And for myself, well, my Instagram is Drianna Sixdale, and all of my other social medias as well, Facebook and Twitter, Drianna Sixdale. You can find me, add me, stay up and, you know, stay in touch with me and see all the different activism events that we're doing in the Gulf region in Florida, Alabama, Mississippi. I'm extremely proud of the work that activists do. It's really up to them. You know, I, I do on-the-ground work myself, but I can't be in all places at all times. And so it's just a lot of different students putting in their heart and soul into, you know, spreading this conservative message on their campus. And I just love to, to see that, and I love giving them shout-outs. We have in Florida some of the largest high school chapters in the entire country, 100-plus students that are excited and are also, by the way, going to the high school leadership summit, but I guess that's a conversation for another time after the Young Women's Leadership Summit. <laughs> yeah. So go out there, follow me, and, and, you know, we'll keep in touch. Yeah, they do a lot of events throughout the year from, you know, like you mentioned, the high school. I mean, uh, you have Latino, and then you, I think you're now going to have like a, a young, I guess, young black leadership summit. I mean, they're going to be, yeah. there's plenty of events going on all, all year. I'm pretty sure we can mm -hmm. we can bring you on to, to talk about those as well. So I know you already mentioned as far as some of the people going to be there. So you mentioned like Ben Shapiro, uh, Candace Owens, <laughs> obviously Charlie Cook is going to be there, um, Dana Lash. Yeah. Um, Antonio Okafor, yep. Allie Stuckey, Judge Janine Pyro, Tommy Laren, and and Katie Pavlet, well, Killian Conway. Yeah, it's it's a long list, but yeah, it's a, so it's going to be a, a a great event. And Drena, I, I appreciate mm -hmm. you coming on, and we'll talk again soon. Alrighty, no problem. Thank you so much again for having me on, and we'll talk soon. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. You can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back 
with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700.